1: podcast is about sex if you're faint-hearted or easily offended you might not want to listen but you should join me tracy cox and kelsey chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast tracy is an
2: international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships
1: Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week we answer three anonymous
2: sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners, and nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk.
1: Okay. Hey, Tracy, how are you today? I'm really good. I've just been in Australia. I know, I've missed you. And I've been gone for ages seeing my family, which was just divine. And now I'm back in my desk and feel like I'm trapped in an ivory tower because in Australia, you're outside all the time. And here I'm inside all the time. In LA, you're probably outside all the time, aren't you? We were, except it's rained for 300 years. Yeah, so
2: weird, right? It's, I mean, if you don't think global warming's happening, come to LA. Mm. It's literally rained every day since, I don't know, October. But I will say that our our hills and our bushes and our trees look like Ireland. I've never seen anything like it.
1: God, amazing. So there is an upside there was to an all upside. of this? Just like sex. Well, there is an upside to sex, definitely. So what have we got this week then? Okay, so we're going to get started. We've got some
2: good questions and um, keep writing in whatever you're thinking about because if you're thinking about it, so is a thousand other people. I love these questions. Okay, here we go. I'm having an emotional affair with one of my coworkers. I've been married for almost 10 years, and although I know it isn't right, it makes me feel alive again. Every part of me wants to sleep with this man, but I don't want to hurt my husband's feelings, and I don't want to ruin my marriage. But I have a deep desire to have this experience. What is your advice? It seems like both choices will hurt.
1: Well. My advice is this. First of all, of course you feel alive because a fair sex is is sort of hovering on the horizon and there is nothing better than a fair sex because it ticks so many boxes. It's forbidden. It's dangerous. You're getting loads of attention. You're feeling sexy and you're feeling desirable. You know, the sexual tension's been building up. It's built up to the point of unbearable. I mean, it ticks every single box for a great sex session. And humans are bad. You know, we want what we can't have. So it's... no. you know it is undeniably attractive especially when you're in a long-term relationship and you know married sex can get very boring as we were discussing and the <laughs> fact is Kelsey good people cheat I mean there's a book um, I don't know if you've heard of this woman she's an American um, woman called Dr Tammy Nelson have you heard of her? Mm-mm. She's just written a book about um, why good people cheat. And she says in it, which I think is quite true, that men cheat for love and affection, not sex. Because if it's sex they want, they just go online and look at porn. But women cheat for passion and erotic sex because they are sick of looking after men and they want selfish, uncomplicated sex where they're not doing the mothering. And this, I think, sounds a lot like that. But here is the thing in this scenario. What will happen is, yes... The sex, if she goes for it, will be undeniably hot. But very, very quickly, the intensity fades and before long, all of a sudden, and once that desire is sated, all of a sudden your conscience kicks in and you're like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? Because you forget that uncontrollable desire that forced you to do this and all of a sudden you've put your marriage at risk and she is going to put her marriage at risk this is and do do you know what I found really odd about this she talks about having this emotional affair and then having sex with this man and yet the letter is all about should I do this thing I really want to have sex with him but this is the most dangerous thing of all, is that she really likes this guy. This isn't just sex for sex's sake or sex with a hot stranger. She's got a relationship with him. If she has sex with him, the chances are that she could fall in love and want to leave her husband. I don't think this is going to be just some hot encounter. I think it's highly dangerous. Okay. I love this because uh, we talk about this all the time. And there,
2: there's this price we pay, right, to have a monogamous, loving relationship, which is that it's boring, It's just so boring, you know, and it's, and we were just talking about this, but you love that person. They are, they are the person you want to grow old with, but it is so painful because there's no new experience. So I think what a lot of, you know, my friends are asking or that we talk about is, what is the answer? Does that mean, I mean, is there anything in between? And I don't think it's like asking your husband if you can step out, but how do you make yourself, is there any way to be excited inside of marriage having sex?
1: Yes, there is. And we talk about it all the time. It's things like you have to create that urge. You have to, you know, you have to almost separate. You have to become less Tweedledum and Tweedledee and have a little bit of tension. And this is the problem because most couples love the closeness. Right. So that's how you do it. You have to be that couple that doesn't do everything together. That there is a bit of jealousy. There is a bit of uncertainty. Like and that's how you create the spark. But I mean, the other thing I thought with this is that she says she cares for him. She says she doesn't want to ruin the marriage. But so why is she having this emotional affair? I can understand the wanting the hot sex because hot sex is something that does go long-term. But why, what, is this like when her wanting to have a cake and eat it too? Or is it, is the marriage over?
2: No, I mean, I can tell you and bless my husband because he's not here, but he would have, I mean, we talked about this. Like, I think an emotional affair is about... You, for a lot of women, it's for reclaiming your sexuality and your femininity after maybe you've had kids or you've been with someone for a long time. Because for us, at least in the beginning, I really, marriage for me was starting a family. Sex had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with my choice in my husband. Um, He was very sexual, but I wasn't. And so I, I did it and it was fine, but I never thought of it as something that I should enjoy. I just, I did it because it's what you do. So I think at some point, sometimes in a marriage for a woman, we wake up and we go, oh, wait, this could be, I feel something I never felt. I've had my kids. I'm in a good marriage. Now I want to try this. But the problem is we're already locked in and we love our person. Mm -hmm. So I do like the idea of you're going to have to really work at it like you work at your marriage, like you work at being a parent, like you work at your job. But you have to say like, how can I find situations with my husband that make me feel turned on? And mm. you're going to have to really make it a project. It doesn't just come naturally. And I think no, the, it doesn't. Yeah, and I think of the emotional affair at work. The good news is that I can tell everybody is those things fade. So it's a wave. It will wash away. It won't mm. always be like this. And if you cross the line, the regret is so huge. But uh,
1: you know, it's a tough one. I mean, we. It is a tough one, but I honestly yeah. don't think it's worth it. I think I, I, I almost Agree. think that the build up. She's in the sexiest bit right now. The sexiest, sexiest part is is before you've done it, not after you've done it. The minute you've done it, it's like, oh, okay, tick that box then. So it's almost like, can she harness this and turn it towards her husband? Go home and direct that sexual energy towards him, which doesn't sound, it sounds a bit bad. But, you know, I mean, I think... A lot of the time, sometimes little flirtations are great for the relationship with your partner because then you go home, you can fantasize that you're having sex with the other person, and and it gives it a bit of a lift. There you go. And I've got nothing wrong. I've got nothing against that, but I do think, is it worth it just for that hot night? No, not if you love your husband. The only thing I always think, and we'll switch on this one, but
2: is that if would you want them to do it to you? And that was always what I would check in on. I'd be like, Would I be okay mm. if Nate did this? And I'd be like, that's a no. So that always stopped me because it was a respect thing. It didn't mean I didn't want to, that I didn't mm. think about it, that I didn't fantasize about it. It was just like, mm. if he did that to me, we'd have a major issue and I'd be so sad. And I never wanted him to be sad. But mm. yeah, good luck, my friend. Yeah.
1: That is a good reference though. You
2: yeah. and the rest of the world is having an, really. yeah, you and the rest of the world is having an emotional affair with someone at work. So enjoy it. Just don't Don't sabotage anything. Just don't take it any further. Um, Just touch knees. That's what I always say. Go as far as touching knees at a hotel bar. At that point, you're still in a safe spot.
1: I I wouldn't even go that far. Don't go that far. Especially if you go touching knees at a hotel bar with alcohol. Come on. One more drink and then suddenly it's like, Butt naked. Butt naked in room 417. (laughs) I get it. No. Okay.
2: All right. Oh, gosh. Okay. Here we go.
0: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Next question. I'm dating a man with a small penis. It's not a problem for me because intercourse is my least favorite thing about sex and I orgasm easily through oral sex, but I can tell he's paranoid about it and it's making him feel uncomfortable. It's the elephant in the room. I think he's desperate to talk about it, but I'm not sure how to broach the subject. I can't just say, hey, so your penis is really small.
1: You want to talk about it? Honestly, I think you could. She can't say that and never say that. And <laughs> oh. do you know what I like about this? I like <laughs> this letter because, what did you say? I was like, just say I think that's a great way. No, just get in there. No, 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 no. And I like her attitude. The fact that she's A, acknowledging that small penises aren't in import, size is unimportant and b that she's going look this is delicacy you know i need to hand this in very carefully because i don't think most women realize just how devastated men are when they have a smaller than average penis and kelsey honestly i am absolutely disgusted And I am disgusted when I hear women or people who are public figures, who work in the sexual health area, who are pop stars, who are women in power, or men, ridiculing people with small penises or doing this whole, oh, I only ever sleep with men over nine inches and all this crap. Because I've counseled so many men who are traumatized by people who've been so cruel to them and society is cruel. So next time you want to laugh along with one of those jokes, those small penis jokes, don't do it. You don't know what's Beneath the trousers or jeans of all the guys standing there, and you are born with your penis, and that is that. There is nothing you can do about it. You know, penis enlargement surgery doesn't work. Penis pumps help with erections, but that's it. You're born with it. So please, please just be really careful. And I I don't ever, ever, ever laugh at at small penis jokes. But anyway, finish the rant now. Wow, gosh. I I love you for that. I I I agree
2: with you. It's 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 not like girls have small boobs, but we can just pay ten thousand dollars the next
1: thing you know you've got a huge giant rack exactly. guys can't do that yeah there's no, nothing I totally they could it. do and i really and it it really tr- it just tortures them it's terrible now what i think she should do though definitely do not address it directly but i think if she can get into a place where they're talking about sex they, they're getting into a place where they can just talk about sex openly and honestly it might just naturally come up and to do this she can start sharing her sexual experiences. They've just got together. So it's normal to say, oh, this funny thing happened to me, or this horrible thing happened to me. And then he might volunteer something else or share his own experiences. But give compliments, give lots of compliments for everybody, not just people with men with small penises. But say, you know, I love oral sex. I love the fact that you do it so well. I love the fact that you're not making intercourse the this main event and it's so refreshing to be with a man who, who understands that women don't orgasm through penetration all this sort of stuff like does this feel good am I doing this right if you can get both of you to a point where you are really good at talking about sex openly and honestly and it's so much easier as we know if you build that right at the very very start rather than try and you know launch into your first conversation about sex eight years in then I think he will or he won't bring it up. Now, if he does bring it up, don't pretend that you haven't noticed or that you don't know. Because men have been measuring their penises since they've come out of the womb. I mean, they know whether they're big or average or whatever. So I think if somebody does say something like, you know, well, what do you think about my small penis? You just simply say, look, well, you know, I really like your penis. It feels great inside me. And, you know, that's all that matters. Or... Big penises actually hurt, so this actually suits me better, and then deal with it that way. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I actually, I think big penises are
2: really uncomfortable. Oh, I feel too. like I actually don't enjoy that. And I think if you are going to have oral sex, there's nothing better to not feel like you're gagging when you have a partner <laughs> yes. that is smaller. I mean, I think it's so much better. Um, I don't. I think guys have this idea that everybody just wants this huge. Experience that, and I don't think most women do. I think it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think it's you feel like you're you're well. You feel like you've got someone jamming something way up inside you, and mm-hmm. um yeah. So I I I don't I yeah I feel bad for guys because I do think it's something that they care about deeply. But I don't know that women care about
1: it quite as yeah. much. But women can be cruel though. They can be yeah. quite ridiculing. And but I don't think women care about it that much. I really don't. I think you have a good lover.
2: Women care far more than they do. Actually, I'll tell you what: women care about way more than the size of your penis, how you make them have an orgasm, how patient you are with them, how much time you take taking care of them, and you feel connected to them, and you feel loved by them, and you feel like that their enjoyment is your number one goal. Mm -hmm. Nobody gives a shit about the size of your penis if you are that type of guy
1: exactly so just switch it to that he's not just a penis he's a package you know it's come the penis is attached to a man so i think just make sure that he understands that as well it's not about the size of the penis it's about the person behind and the lover and whether he's selfish or selfless and all that sort of stuff that you just said
2: yeah no true but great question Okay. Oh God, this is every woman I've ever known in the world, including me, unfortunately now. Here, here's the new Kelsey. Okay. I enjoy having sex, but not without having a glass of wine or cocktail before. I used to be able to get in the mood, but now I need to be a bit tipsy. Is this okay? Well, you know what? That's not true. I don't need to have anything anymore, but there was a long time in my marriage where I was like, I need to feel... I, I, you know what it for me was? It was I needed a transition from being a mom mm-hmm. and a wife to someone that could have sex, so if you wanted me to just like put the kids to bed and jump in bed with you, I felt over touched mm. and over So the wine was almost not even so much for my head, but for a, a transformation into a different type yeah. of person or role.
1: I agree with you. I think that yeah, that that can happen. That that's not very nice, though. I don't I don't like the thought of that. I mean, I like the thought that if you if you both, you know, like a drink, and you both you know feel that sex is you know more inhibit less inhibited and you're more relaxed and less anxious then that is a great thing but you shouldn't be in your scenario it shouldn't be like a I mean it's not a what's the word for it I mean that that's that sounded really awful what you described to
2: me (laughs) no I and I think I think that's it's different times in your life where the the to transition into that sexual act when you're Married. And now she, if she's like just dating and she needs to have a glass of wine and she can't have sex without. Yeah, I don't think that works. I think of it more as like you're slowing down mm. and you're going to mm. have a cocktail with your husband yeah, and yeah, that you're going to move better. into Not like, oh, I got to go into
1: the bathroom no, gonna, and chug yeah, a I'm my sorrows and yeah, you can no. do it. Oh. No, But I think it's pretty normal. And in fact, they did. I mean, alcohol is a known aphrodisiac. We know that it reduces inhibitions and, and relaxes people and improves confidence. And in fact, there was a study in um, Helsinki in 2000 with pre women. And they found that after, around 45 to 90 minutes after you have a drink there is a massive increase in testosterone which and of course testosterone is what governs your libido so it definitely does make you more interested in sex but here's the thing it's all about how many drinks you have because one or two drinks great Mm -hmm. tip over to more than that and it can suddenly go horribly the other way because of mood swings many people are all happy and like sexy in the beginning and then they get all moody and you know we all know what happens at the beginning of a boozy night and what happens at the end of a boozy night everybody gets in rows and stuff it reduces sensitivity it makes him harder to get an erection makes her harder to orgasm and also it's quite limiting if you will only have sex after drink because it means you're not going to have morning sex you might not have afternoon sex unless you've been out to lunch so it kind of and it limits the style of sex as well there's something nice about stone cold sober sex yeah. and the orgasms are much more intense as well yeah and so, you know yeah go on
2: no i was just saying like instead of wine you know what i think you need to turn down the lights and turn up the music i think yes. what people are looking for is it not to be tuesday at three and you just being arr, 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 on the bed like nobody wants yeah. that so what what you're what people are trying to say is I need to get into the mood. And Mm -hmm. there are so many other ways other than drinking to get into the mood. And I totally agree with you. One drink, I'm in a good spot. Mm -hmm. Two drinks, and I'm like night-night, like dead
1: fish you know well, I could probably have 10 drinks before I get into the bad <laughs> spot Being a <laughs> you're a professional <laughs> you're a professional, I'm a professional drinker <laughs> no but that's true I think two drinks is the good spot for me but you know when you said why is she doing this I'm guessing that it's just the trajectory of you know in the beginning you know it's all new and lust taps you on the shoulder and then as you get you know further on you need something to sort of give you a bit more incentive to have sex but you know it's good to have a trick like alcohol but you need more than one trick really so things like all the things like number one get enough sleep that is so important for women get your partner share the chores we talked about that last time And talk I think that's dirty really to me really you unload yeah? the dishwasher get up on it <laughs> Exactly. I mean, talk to me. read a sexy book beforehand yep. take yourself off to the loo with a little bullet vibe and you know start stimulating yourself beforehand have a fantasy that's just an absolutely gets you off every single time that's ready to run you know the minute you start having sex so have not just this one trick of a drink but have lots of tricks up your sleeve and you know like you might need to talk think about what gets you in the mood it might be that you need to talk to your partner and have a you know that's what puts you in the mood or maybe stroking or maybe be just really, really think about what else puts you in mood as well as a drink. Nothing wrong with a drink. The whole world does it, but you might need other stuff as well along with the drink.
2: I think I've learned now that I'm not in married sex and I'm in a different, you know, relationship. It is so interesting that you have to, and I, I never understood it and I think it's really hard when you're married, but you have to make it a priority and you have to think about it as if you would an event. You have to plan for it. You have to talk about it beforehand. You have to send texts about it. You have to have a place where you feel like you can let go. So that's not normally your bedroom when your kids are around. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to make it a priority and you really have to work at it. And I used to hate when people would say that because when you're mm-hmm. married, you're like, shut
1: up. Yeah. I'm not going to, I've been with them, them for 20, a million other things.
2: Yeah. I've got 20, you know, 20 years behind it with this guy. Like we've, we've seen everything. We don't even shut yeah. the door in the bathroom anymore. Like it's hard to transition, but I am here to say at 45 you can have the best sex of your life if you make it a priority. It just has to be important to you. Mm. And obviously my situation was was hard, but there is I've learned a ton about sex because I have gotten to this like weird experience that most people don't, which is at 45 getting to really enjoy it, but you have to make it a priority. Mm. I don't know how you do it when you're
1: married. And can I tell you that the alternative to not making it a priority is not having sex. And I right. was astonished, actually, when I was over in Australia talking to lots of people and friends and people I hadn't caught up with for ages at the amount of young couples who don't have sex anymore. Oh. Like early would, 40s don't
2: have sex anymore. Oh, I'm telling you, I could tell you 10 or 15 friends who haven't done it in three, four, or five years. What,
1: in early 40s?
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. The problem is if you stop, it gets so weird to start again. Yeah, I know. It's so you feel weird. Like
1: siblings, don't you?
2: Ugh, you're just like, I can't do it. Like, I'm <laughs> gonna have to do meth in order to do this. Screw <laughs> the cocktail. I'm gonna need meth <laughs> because it just your body almost is like this isn't right. Like, it you lose mm. you lose the rhythm. You lose it. I'll you're a who, bad girl, Kelsey. I'll tell you who caught bad. the rhythm. This girl, I <laughs> caught the rhythm. <laughs>
1: Well, you're having great sex because you're not in a marriage anymore. 100%. 100%. Easy, easy to have good sex at the beginning, isn't it, though? Yeah,
2: and it's not even that 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 at the beginning, but it is. It's like not having the, the not living together.
1: Mm. Yeah. I know a couple of couples who don't live together, and they certainly have more sex than the couples who do.
2: Oh, and just so you know, when I if I ever get in a relationship again, I'm going to have two separate beds. Like I want two mm. queens, queen-size beds next to each other, but I think everybody should, we need more space. More space mm. in day-to-day so you can come together in the bedroom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> that's, my, that's my PSA. All right.
0: It's good, so good to note. talk to you.
2: I'm so glad you had fun in Australia. And I did. And it's lovely to be back there. Yes. Keep sending in your questions. Tracy's yes, got lots answers. Lots of them. And I I have the same questions you have, so. And Kelsey
1: has funny stories and quips.
2: Exactly. All right. Great
1: talking to you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextockpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast.